I want to thank you for being a listener of the Garlic Marketing Show. And to do that, I want to help you make 2017 your company's best year ever. I want to help you create a video marketing strategy to help you really stand out with your marketing, connect with your ideal customers at a deep level. And I want to make sure that you enter every marketing project with a clear purpose and a clear outcome. And I want to do that for free. Yeah, I want to help you stop guessing and start using our proprietary video marketing strategy. And I'm going to do this by giving you a video course. It's the same planning that we've used to help grow hundreds of businesses. And I'm giving it away for free for listeners until January 7th, 2017. So if you want to get the video course, go to iangarlic.com slash 2017 and get the nine video course and make this the best year ever. You can also click in the show notes. Just click on the image and you'll see a link in the show notes that'll take you to there and take you to the video course. I look forward to helping you. If you have any questions, please go to my Facebook page and let me know how I can help you create your video marketing strategy for 2017. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge the red button, right? and use his friends Please be on the show. to change that. You are listening to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another episode of the Garlic Marketing Show. I'm your host, Ian Garlic, and that works out well. I named the show after myself. I've got an awesome guest. Uh, he is a conversion expert working and develops new software and also just moved back from Japan. Yeah. Keith, Keith Perhack. And I know I didn't ask you how you pronounce your name. Is it Perhack? It's Perhack. Close per enough. Perhack. Perhack. No okay. one has ever gotten it right the first time. So, <laughs> no worries. Uh, Keith, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing thanks today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, Keith, you're joining us from Portland. It is hot yeah. in Florida right now. It's always hot in Florida, except for like two days of the year. How is it in Portland? It is cold and not humid, which is the two things I love about summer. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, is hot and humid here. Yeah, uh, I, Japan was hot and humid, like 98 degrees, 98 percent humidity for about three months, well, and I, yeah, it's miserable. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's just as bad as Memphis. Wow, wow. So tell me about your little bit about your journey. Let's 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 talk about that. How, yeah. You you got to Japan. I got to Japan. So I, I had studied um, design and, um, and development at college. And after college, I graduated into one of the worst job markets at the time. It was right after the dot-com bust. Uh, and I'd always liked Japan. And I said, well, there's no jobs here. Uh, why don't I go to Japan for a year or two, see how that works out. So I went over there to teach English, which easiest way to get into Japan. Um, and did the English teaching thing for three years and decided I wasn't cut out to be a teacher. So I went into a Japanese startup. So I worked at a Japanese startup. We were about 10 people strong and I was the only foreign employee. So everything was in Japanese 24 seven. And I worked there for about six years doing, I started out as a technical 
translator and moved into their head of development and CTO at, by the end. And we got acquired, and I was tired of working until 2 a.m. in the morning. So I decided, okay, I, I understand how to build products. I understand how to do design. I understand kind of the marketing because I've always been interested in that. Only thing I really need to have on top of that is kind of the sales and the and the business acumen. I bet I can learn that. And so I decided, okay, the company's getting acquired. This is a great time for me to kind of cut that. And so I went off on my own, and I've been doing that about six or seven years now. Awesome. Uh, so let's. I want to ask you. I mean, being a developer because you're in another language, in another language, essentially. Yeah. What was what was that like? Um. You know, I never – challenging, but it was challenging in a different way after a while. So, you know, when I first got into the job, yeah, it's really tough because I am, first of all, developing, uh, and I was doing a lot of development in development languages I didn't know. And then I was also had to do it all in Japanese, right? So the first year or so I think was very difficult for me. But after that, it turned into this is just what business is. So – my extent of business life in America had been uh, internships and stuff during college. I'd never worked at a real company in America. So this was really everything I knew about business. And about year two or three, I would go to conferences for my company and they would have foreign foreign people at the conference come and talk to me about the product. And they're like, well, tell me the pitch in English. I'm like, I can't tell you the pitch in English. I don't know it in English, right? I only know it in Japanese. And so I'm stu I'm stumbling through trying to to explain what we do and our products and everything <laughs> in English because I'm just so not used to talking about English. I was so used to doing it in Japanese. And when I quit and started the marketing agency um, and started working with a lot of the info product people and doing a lot of marketing stuff, I had the same problem, which was even though I'm a native English speaker, shifting that whole idea and how people talk and how people communicate into American business style and it was very difficult to do, uh, which was surprising to me. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's crazy because most people don't think of that, but there is such there's these subtle cultural differences that are especially in business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And my I'm still not even seven years of doing this, I don't think I'm a hundred percent as in tune with the American way of doing business. I, I think I still have a very Japanese way of doing business. So do you think – okay, so you do – explain to me your business and how you learn with seven years because I'm interested in this because I feel like this would give you an advantage in marketing funnels because you don't get caught up in a lot of the, the stuff that probably other people do. Right, and we actually started being the we'll do anything shop, right? So I started out as a freelancer. I'm like, I'll do any conversion rate optimization, marketing, tech, anything you need me to do, I'll do, blah, blah, blah. And that worked really well when I'm a freelancer, right? Because that's what, especially when you're trying to cut your teeth on the, on the business, that's what you need to be able to do. You need to learn everything. You need to be able to do the whole stack, right? But as we turned into an agency, you can't sell that anymore. You can't go up to a client and say, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. Because then the client's like, well, I don't know what I want, right? Like you guys are the experts. What am I supposed to be doing, right? So it's a very hard sell. So we had to focus down and right now we're focusing on evergreen sales funnels. So the idea is that the client either through SEO or Facebook ads or something like that sends traffic to a landing page we've designed. That landing page converts 
takes them through a quiz or a webinar or something like that, converts them into a lead. We write generally a series of about 10 to 14 emails that educate them. So no sales, just education, and then drop them into a sales funnel once we've been able to get engagement from the user. So the whole idea is not an instant sell of like, you know, there's tripwire offers where it's landing page, sell the money, sell, 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 sell. It's more of this is what the client is amazing at doing. This is why you should trust them. These are some great in, um, pieces of information. And that naturally turns into a sales pitch for the product. Well, and I, that's what we focus on mostly. I love that. And it's so it's an important mindset to have because so many people want to sell right away. Yeah. And that's where they fail. That's why people don't get they're like, why aren't my emails converting? But it's my offer not converting because you spent so much. You, you just went for the kill right away. Exactly, exactly. And that's what it's interesting because I, I think there are different generations of marketers uh, out there. So it kind of starts or online marketers it kind of starts with like the Jeff Walker and then it goes into the generation that's um, like Eben Pagan and Ramit Sethi. And then you have newer generations like Brennan Dunn, Nathan Berry. Um, and then now you have a, a brand new generation that's coming out and each generation had kind of like their winning strategy. Right. Um, and like Jeff Walker, it was the product launch formula, the three videos, the kind of style that he has. And then the Evan Pagan, the Ramit Sethi's, that generation all took off of that and added their own content. And then once you got to like the, the third generation, it, that wasn't working anymore. Right. Because everyone was so used to it. So they had to really pump up this education and this communication and this this connecting with their audience more than the, the previous generations did. And it's interesting to go back. And if you watch some of the older generations, they're still stuck in that non-education mindset because that's what's been working for them for the last 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the pure direct response. Exactly. And you can't, you just can't do that anymore. Like as a, as a new name that doesn't have a following of a million people, there's just no way to stand out in the crowd just by doing very standard direct response. You have to have education. You have to have mentorships. You have to have this communication of you as a brand. Yes. Yes. And, and you have to provide actual value, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, where they, they feel the value, they do something with the value. I talk to people that all the time. It's like you, and I, you know, I work in, in non-internet marketing crowds too, and they go to the internet marketing world and think that they can just advertise, and there's going to be this flood of business. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't work, work like that. <laughs> no. Um, so you developed some software uh, to help monitor all this. Yeah. So we we actually built two pieces of software. One is uh, we did this four years ago was some courseware software, but the thing that we've been working on for the last year and a half now is called segmetrics and what it is is it's the idea that when the the most important number you have doing online marketing is your lead source right like what is the value of a lead source so if you put out a facebook ad how much is that person worth after 10 days 20 days 30 days maybe a year right and not just paid advertising but if you have an article go up on yahoo or like Yahoo Finance or something, or you have an article go up on LinkedIn, um, Lifehacker or something similar, you need to be able to track all these and understand, okay, what is causing the value of my leads to go up and what causes them to go down? And this is a ironically really difficult to measure 
uh, Facebook just had a, a big snafu where they were over <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing. Where they're like, yeah, our CPAs were increased by 60 to 80%. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Oops. yeah. You know what's funny is I'm friends with a ton of people on Facebook that make their living off Facebook ads. And everyone kind of was just kind of – no one really talked about that. Yeah, no. And, it's and, just... <laughs> and I'm like, whoops. Yeah, that's a big whoops. Like, it's a, it's a really big whoops. I mean, yes, in a – in spite of that, I still see Facebook as the number one platform for getting good leads and monetizing those leads. Like it just kicks the butt of anything else we've seen. Yep. Um, but it's amazing how they're just like, yeah, 60, 80 percent uh, problem there. Sorry. And that's even <laughs> beyond the other issues that we have with Facebook, which is because it's JavaScript, you really don't know. Right. You don't know the real value of that of those leads. Right. Especially um, maybe five days, maybe, you know, the exact value if they purchase right away on that funnel. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing an education funnel where they're switching devices, or maybe you, you want to track beyond the 30, 60, 90 days that, that Facebook tracks, you got a big problem. Yeah. Right. So oh, what yeah. is the, especially when you're doing educational marketing or this, this kind of lead nurturing, your value might not come in for 30 to 60 days afterwards. And how do you even tie that back to Facebook originally? And none of the CRMs let you do this because it's not a focus point of theirs, right? They focus on delivering great emails. Um, hopefully. That, and marketing, <laughs> hopefully, right? <laughs> Depends on the system. Um, and marketing, they don't really care about that whole lead source. So we found it as a, as a great place to jump in and say, okay, we just need automatic tracking of all the leads that come in and tie them directly to revenue. So it's not JavaScript-based. It's not this... Well, Google Analytics says one thing and Facebook says another and VWO says another. No, it's actually tied to the revenue in your bank account. So you're able to see, okay, guy came from Facebook. He's worth $300. Or Facebook says this guy came in, but he was already on the list for three months, right? So he's not yeah. a Facebook leader, which is very common. Very, very common. Well, yeah, and, and I think that a lot of marketers, I tell this because people come to me they're like, well – we didn't make money on this funnel. I'm like, well, you didn't make money at this point on this funnel. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you're selling a $2,000 item, it might be six months before someone decides that they're ready to pull the trigger on that. And they're watching your other videos. They're perusing mm -hmm. around the web. And, you know, it, it, you can't just look at that. You can't. The funnel is not just the funnel. It's not this magical thing that keeps people from looking at the rest of the Internet. Exactly. We find that the value of, for a lot of our clients, the value of a funnel or a lead goes up exponentially after 45 days, right? So yeah, value lead during the first two weeks is high, but it really hits that peak after about 45 days. Wow. That's a, that's a great stat. That's very interesting. Um, so explain to me how, um, how someone would go about using this to improve their marketing. So the main thing that it kind of does is, of course, at the top of the funnel, you're going to be able to say, okay, this campaign was worth this, this campaign was worth this, just like you would do with standard ad management. But the real power, I think, and the real, I'm, I'm not even going to say this is the real thing you need to look at with Segmetrics. This is the real thing you need to look at with any marketing, which is the specific touch points throughout your funnel people are going to touch them or not, right? So maybe they register for a webinar or maybe they download a PDF or maybe they, they reply to an email with a question. And you want to be able to track 
at those touch points, how those touch points affect lead value, right? So you want to say, okay, someone who is at a webinar is worth $20 more than someone who is not at a webinar, right? Someone who replies to an email is only worth $2 more. So you know, we want to do everything we can to get people on this webinar because they're worth so much more money once they get on that webinar, right? And so you find the touch points of that funnel, of your, of your whole marketing funnel, that really tip the needle towards increasing the, the value of your leads, right? And you can say, okay, this is a place we need to focus to get people to do. And then you can add things in and you can say, okay, we added this email in. How did lead value get affected by this? That's fantastic. You know, because, yeah, and I've been talking to people a lot about putting case studies, not just using case studies for lead gen, but using video case studies all throughout their funnel. And that's oh, a yeah. gr great way for them to, to, to see that, see how it works and also adjust the arrangement of the content. Exactly. Exactly. We've, we're actually working on a couple of clients right now that case studies and success stories are a key part of their education funnel because you're, when you're going through this, it's not just about on the sales page, you see a testimony because everyone's used to that. But before you decide to even go to that sales page to understand, yes, there are people like me who have mm -hmm. gotten value out of this. Um, Ramit Sethi calls it the special snowflake syndrome, right? Everyone thinks they're completely, their situation is very unique, right? So they'll be like, <laughs> oh, I'm a teacher in Wisconsin. Will this product work for me? And if you have another teacher from Wisconsin in your, in your success stories or just another teacher, that overcomes that objection of, yes, this will work for me. Um, Patrick McKenzie was running a bingo card. I think it was bingo card creator appointment reminder, one of his products. And he was talking about he had these two testimonials. Uh, one was from a guy. And it was an amazing testimonial, like absolutely glowing testimonial. He had it on his top page. And one was from a woman, and it just said, I love this product. That's all it said. It was the crappiest testimony ever. But 90% of his customer base was female. So he, put, he split tested, and the female version increased conversion like by 120%. And the reason is, is because the, even though it's a crappier testimonial, the viewers of the page saw themselves in that person's shoes. And they're yes. like, this person is getting success from it. I am like this person. Thus, I will get success from it. I love that. It, it's it, That exposition of that story is so crucial because every point, every point of, of similarity increases someone's likelihood to believe that story, put themselves in the, yeah. in the shoe. And that, that's great. I love that example, too. I'm going to be using that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, so... Uh, you know, we were, you're talking info products a lot. Have you seen, have you used Segmetrics at all or any of this, the things that you're doing on, let's say non-information product based business? Yeah. So same, same thing with, um, uh, physical products. Um, uh, most, of, most of our clients are in the either services or info product space. So what I mean by services is someone actually like me who does consulting services and they have an onboarding flow and something similar, right? Because they'll have maybe a white paper or a PDF or something that warms people to talk to them and to start that conversation. And then at the end, they're like, yes, it's a $20,000 um, um, engagement to work with us, right? Yep. So we work with a lot of those people. The We do a couple of e-commerce and um, kind of physical product things as well. The issue that we have there is a lot of e-commerce people are not as 
just in general marketing savvy, right? Because with info products, if you're not marketing first, it's impossible to see the value of what you're giving, right? Yes. But with a physical with a physical product, people just browse images and they're like, oh, that looks really nice. I'll buy that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there – I mean there's a lot more to it, but I think that a lot of e-commerce places do after marketing more than they do pre-marketing, right? So after someone purchases is when they start – doing the marketing to, to increase that sales. And we have done work with those types of um, companies in the past. And, and what's, we just came off content and commerce. And what was amazing, you know, we're a video, Authentic Web, my agency is a video storytelling agency. And we went to content and commerce because we're partners with Digital Marketer and it's in Orlando. And I'm like, well, we can bring the team. I'll know everyone there. So let's let's go ahead and sponsor it. And it was amazing to me how many e-commerce people are realizing the power of storytelling now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And you know, something like this is a huge opportunity for them because the, the what I love about all the stuff you're doing is it gives people the opportunity to tell the story in pieces, right? You don't have to pound the story down in one one setting, right? Because I, I think especially in e-commerce, and you're exactly right. Like branding now for successful products has gone to a whole new level. There's a, there's a new coffee, coffee commercial that I always see on YouTube. I think it's Stoke. I don't know if it's um, local or if it's national, but the marketing and the conversation that they've been able, just the branding they've been able to put behind it is amazing, right? And the fact that I remember this coffee commercial, like multiple versions of it is, is amazing because I don't usually remember commercials, right? But tying that together with an educational message or some sort of kind of pre-warming funnel seems to be the new way to sell even physical products online. I mean, you look like uh, you look at things like um, Dollar Shave Club or the there's one for people with beards. I can't remember what it's called, the beard, the yeah. no shave club or something like that. Um, but these are brands that have or these are products that have turned the branding into essentially an art form. And that's how they communicate that value and where do and the the idea there is how do you get people to take that branding and then walk them through that educational funnel of this is how people interact with us this is what people find value in and how do we communicate that value to them and then monitor that through the entire funnel so we can see okay they came in from this youtube ad that we did they're interested in our free sample or they're interested in the story behind why we do this or they're just really interested in watching 700 of these ads because they're really funny, right? Like what is the tipping point that turns people from uninterested to interested and then interested to a customer and then a customer to a fervent supporter, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you can spot all that now. You can spot all that. That's it's all trackable now, which is amazing. Like <laughs> it was never trackable. That was the for the last seven years. That's been the this this product actually came out of a pain point that we had. So we've been we had been doing this for about five years, I guess. And you know, it's pulling out data and it's putting it in Excel and it's doing pivot tables and it's turning it into a pretty report in um, PowerPoint and sending it to a C level member of the company and them glancing in and going for like 20 hours of work saying sales are down. We have to do something. Right? <laughs> like yes. 20 hours just for that. Right. And we were like, and my, my analyst guy, my co-founder Charlie came to me one day and he said, Keith, if I have to pull one more Excel sheet, I'm going to rip out the rest of my hair. 
And so we we sat down and we're like, okay, I bet we can turn this into a repeatable process because it's something we do every single day. And that's where we started. And that's kind of what we built the the product out of. That's super cool. And I, you know, it's amazing to me how many people think just leads, right? And even mm-hmm. even when someone buys, they get someone to the point of buying, they they stop thinking about the rest of that, that funnel and the, the mm-hmm. you know, and this allows people to move it up because not only can you increase how much you're selling, but the other place too that I've been talking to a lot of people about is increasing your margin, meaning that if someone has a better experience, they'll be willing to buy it for more and mm-hmm. there's going to be less customer service, right? Because they had a better uh-huh. experience. So yep. that, that brings the, your true bottom line way up. Um, I love that. Uh, can you tell me, um, so let's, I want to tell some stories here where you've been in marketing now for a while. Um, mm-hmm. can you tell me one of the times that, that this didn't work or one of your bigger failures? Cause I, that, that's, that always interests me and in what you learned from it. Big failure. Wow. We've, uh, we've had a lot of failures. Uh, <laughs> do you mean from a mar- a marketing standpoint, failure or business or either one, either one. I like marketing, you know, it's a marketing show, but if it's a business one, usually it comes down to marketing uh, in some way, shape or form. Uh, but I, I, me, I just like to, you know. I, I'd like to, yeah, I want to talk about a, a failure that became a success that became a failure that became a success again. Love uh, that. If, if that works. That's um, perfect. So we had – so one of the clients that we were working with had a deal with Yahoo Finance that we would have a news article and it would be the number one article on Yahoo Finance for about, I think, 12 hours. Okay? So this, this is huge. I mean Yahoo Finance, even though very few people use Yahoo, um, the Yahoo, the Yahoo Finance is huge. are gigantic. It's gigantic, right? And so we set up a landing page and we had this go in and had a CTA. So the CTA goes to the landing page and then we're going to opt in for the the webinar or the the free uh, lead magnet, right? And it was amazing because we had so much traffic. We were doing split tests in real time. So every 10 minutes, we would get significance on a split test, promote one, and then start a second split test based on what we had learned. So wow. for eight hours, we're doing these split tests like every 10 to 20 minutes. Um, I think we had something like 50,000 new leads come in. Oh I mean, it was, it was insane. It was mind-blowingly insane. Um, and so we were, we were popping the cork. We were champagne everywhere because, I mean, this deal had taken us like three months to, to set up. And we're like so happy. The next day, we're just – blasted by all these people emailing us and saying like, Hey, why do, why am I on your newsletter? I never signed up for a newsletter, even though they, they did. And they double confirmed like this wasn't just like a fly by night. They had to opt in and double confirm their email in order to get the lead magnet. And they're like, I never signed up for this when obviously they have, <laughs> right. Um, cause we can track them to their IP address and everything. Right. So then we're getting so pissed off and then we eventually the sales pitch goes out and but so at that point we're upset, but at the same time we still had forty thousand good leads, right? So it was great. And then sales go through, and we saw that there was only like a zero, it was like a zero point zero one percent sales uh, number, which is which is horrible, horrible, horrible sales. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, this is horrible. Like obviously the the Yahoo people, they're just junk 
They're just junk people who don't understand the internet, who don't understand anything. They're worthless, blah, 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 blah. Okay? So then we're all depressed again. And then, but, but then we looked at the numbers and like it wasn't that bad because 40,000, 0.1%, it's still pretty – a fairly good number, not worth what we had done, right? So we sit on that for three to four months. So we're, we're depressed. We're like, oh, the Yahoo thing was a failure, blah, blah, blah. And then the analytics guy, Charlie, he says, well, let's look at what they did four months later. And we looked at them, and they were converting like gangbusters. They just needed a ton of time. So we look at them four months later, and we're seeing something like a 6%, 7% sales rate on those initial people. So now the lead value of a single um, one of these Yahoo people is about five bucks a person for 50,000 people, right? So now, mm -hmm. now we're popping cork again because – and it's just what we were talking wow. about earlier – Depending on the scale of what you're looking at, that time scale, a success can be a failure. A failure can be a success, but you need to look at the whole big picture, right? Like I, I've had Facebook ads that's like, oh, these went great. We made so much money. And then we realized, oh, every single person was already on the list. We made no money, <laughs> right? <laughs> and this is the opposite, right? We thought we made no money. These were horrible leads. They're never going to convert. And then four months later, they do. Yes. Yeah, and I, there is – I don't like to talk about branding for most people because they think of logos and they spend way too much time on yeah. the front front end of trying to guess their brand and, and, and that. But when you have something on that scale, th there's a branding that needs to set in. And mm -hmm. you know, if someone's never seen the way this is being sold before, they might not buy it right away. That's interesting. Um how has that changed your perception now of of what you do and the work you do? Because so many people go, you know, even if they're they're patient, ninety days is a long time to wait for conversion. It, it is, it is, and the the main thing that it has changed from us is we've changed from that whole instant gratification to let's wait two weeks, and that's why our warming funnels. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to sell for seven days in the first ten days, and like no one will ever buy. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's made us realize that, especially for cold traffic, you need that warming funnel. You need to give out as much good information for free. Make them understand who you are, what the brand is, what the value is, what they're going to get out of everything. Right. No one is signing up for your newsletter or your mailing list because they like you. They want something for them. Right. No matter how popular you are, no one is signing up because they want to hear your most inner, your innermost thoughts. They're signing up because they want to get something from that. And the more you can convince people that what you're giving out is worth it, the better, the more indebted they're going to feel and the more likely they are to turn into to good customers. Love that. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it, there's just so much out there, right? That you have to, mm -hmm. you have to be triggering that. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about Segmetrics and what you, what are you guys doing to get it out there? How are, how are you marketing this? Because I'll be honest, it's the first time I've Poorly. Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> um, with all things, you know, we're, we also do the consulting, and it's a case of the carpenters or the cobbler's children oh, having shoot. their shoes. We just we market it poorly. So we're actually next month, uh, beginning of next month, we're starting a webinar series. Um, we're working on that to start kind of promoting what it is and the importance of it. Because I think a lot of people, like we were talking about, don't understand the importance of knowing your lead source value, right? Yes. And 
how we've marketed up until now, we've done standard Facebook ads, lots of word of mouth, product hunt, that kind of stuff. So it's not like it's marketed horribly. It's just not marketed as well as we know we can do. So we're trying to kick that hardcore uh, next month. And interestingly enough, we actually got third place in the Infusionsoft um, Battle of the Apps this year. Oh, so cool. That was, that was a, yeah, that was a nice uh, feather in our cap, which we haven't promoted that fact at all. Uh, no. So we need to do that too, but... <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I scrolled down. I was scrolling through your website. I'm like, oh, yeah, John Duma saying you, you've got uh, John Lee over there saying it's the best app out there. I'm like, <laughs> that's a pretty yeah, solid dude. testimonial. We have a lot of really great uh, customers and a lot of great people using it um, who are really getting a lot of good value. So Evan Pagan's using it. Um, Jim Quick was using it for a while. Nathan at Founder Mag. Um, lots of people use it and it's just, it's, it's fully on my shoulders and my co-founders shoulders to get that out there. And that's what we're really trying to dive into, uh, next month. So awesome. Awesome. So if someone wants to check it out, uh, segmetrics.io is the place to go. Yep. Awesome. And, um, I mean, who, who should be the first person to use it if they're listening to this? Who's the person that, what's the big pain that you're going to solve right away for someone? So if you're using Infusionsoft, if you're using a CRM and you have no idea where your leads are coming from and what, what they're worth, right? So you don't know the difference between, okay, how much are Facebook leads worth or how much are my organic leads worth? Or you don't even know where those organic leads are coming from. Are they coming from Google? Are they coming from direct? Are they coming from life hacker and then what are they worth right that's the, that's the main thing we finding out where you should focus your energy to make more money gotcha I mean, that's a that's a good thing because there's so many places that you can focus your energy so that's many the hard places. part yeah yeah and it's hard to get to that 50 most people get like 50 percent done with something and then they, they say this doesn't work and they don't realize that they're ha only halfway there yep exactly exactly <laughs> And one of, the, one of the nice things is, you know, before we had this, you had to set up each tracking separately, right? So you, um, let's say you had Lifehacker and they were sending to your site. You had to set up a special page and say, okay, these are Lifehacker leads, right? But that mm -hmm. you can't do that for everyone because there might be places that you never even know that people are coming from. So, and that's what Segmenter does. It lets you track all that stuff automatically, not just for what you've already set up. So it's kind of like Google Analytics like that, right? You go into Google Analytics trying to find answers to questions you don't have yet. Yes. Wow, that's that's a great point. Because <laughs> I do it a lot of times. I, just, I do that in Google Analytics all the time. Mm -hmm. You just go in and you're like, I know there's something here with my lead source. I need to go look at lead source. And then you're like, who, who is, what is this site that sent me 7,000 leads today, right? Like, and then you start figuring that out. But for, for lead source analytics, if you hadn't set that up in, in advance, oh well, it's all gone. But with Segmetrics, it tracks all that automatically. And so you can say afterwards, okay, we had these 7,000 people come in. Holy crap, they're worth 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, let's get more and of then, that. And then you can, let's get more of that. Reach out to them and say, hey, we'd love to do more guest articles. We'd love to put a, an ad on your blog, whatever it takes, right? Yeah. So basically, you're telling people where to throw the spaghetti. I just had Neil exactly. Patel on, and he was like, I just throw a spaghetti. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, thanks for the tip. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, well, Keith, thank you so much for coming on. 
It's been great to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Segmetrics.io. Uh, are you going to be at PartnerCon? I haven't decided yet. I don't believe so, but I am going to traffic and conversion, which I'm really excited about. This is my first oh. year for that. Awesome. Well, we'll see you there. All right. And, uh, all right, Keith. Thanks so much. Segmetrics.io. Uh, if you're using Infusionsoft, definitely check it out. And this has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Uh, thanks for taking Keith and I on your journey, and you have a great day. Ian, thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.